Hello and welcome to LAFC S2S Quick on the Counter, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. Today we're going to do an abbreviated show. It's just Christian and I in the studio here. My amigo, how you doing today? Doing well. How you doing? Killing it. We want to real quick sort of run through the last match, preview our upcoming match, and talk about some great events we had at the bank and in the community this week. Just a quick one for you. No guests this week. And we'll get on to our regular format again next week. But... We had a, an amazing experience at the bank with Iron Maiden. Oh, it was so awesome. And, oh, I, uh, a football game happened while we were there as well, too. Right. So I got to catch the game uh, from the fields right before we went into the stadium to go watch Maiden. But how was your game-watching experience? It was good. Super mellow. Uh, we had some stuff to take care of with family. So we watched it with family. Didn't get to go to one of the watch parties. I know there was a few... I know the official one was at Down and Out, and I think Black Army, Cuervos, LAO, and the crew were there. And I saw some of those pictures and some stories from uh, fellow supporters. A great time and some great pictures that came out of that. Yeah, it looked like a lot of people were having fun all around town. I love how big the watch party scene is right. growing. I love all the collab parties that yeah. are going on. And, and that was these... just one of many, to your point. Yeah, amen. And D9, we're so fortunate to have our clubhouse. I mean, it's such a beautiful place to go catch a game. And if you've never been to D9 Clubhouse, everyone is welcome. Yeah. Right there where the orange and red lines meet in North Hollywood. So you can you know, take a bus, take a metro over there. And it's just a great experience to have our own private club and bar to watch these games at. It's, it's a great experience if you've never been out there. But obviously I was at the fields. We were there for the Maiden show. We had a, a suite with a bunch of the ultras. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing concert. My goodness, Maiden. I mean, they still throw down for... Being a bit on in years, those guys, you, you would never know that they're, you know, 60, 70 years old when they're up there on stage belting it out, just like, you know, the first time I saw them, gosh, 20 years ago or so. I'm a huge Maiden fan, huge metalhead. I mean, uh, I, I can't speak enough about how great that show was. The bank was such an awesome venue. I've never seen that many people there. I mean, it was packed front to back, top to bottom. But so we caught the game in the fields. Didn't have much in the way of audio to follow along with, so we kind of had to... Uh, try and mill our way through the Maiden fans in order to watch the game. But I was able to to catch a, most of the game, and I would say that, you know, obviously that quick goal, it's hard for me not to look at Miller and say he looked a bit flat-footed. I don't know if he actually saw it coming out right away, but I kind of felt like he should have had a little bit better chance at going back and tipping that one over the bar. And I'm curious your thoughts, Amigo. Yeah, well, disappointing that the goal came in so quickly, I think, we, as a team, were caught flat-footed, and I think it was culminated maybe by Miller being a little indecisive. I think at first it seemed like he read the trajectory where he thought he could maybe come out and punch, and then once he realized it was out-swinging away from him, he was trying to backpedal, but he was kind of caught in the middle a little bit, and it, it went over him by the time it was headed with Casper. Casper is so tall, so capable, so able, and so, so technically savvy, and I think also he's able to use his height very well and I think he timed this jump perfectly and he looped it right over him so credit to him but I, I think that we couldn't get close enough in those first I'd say 10 to 15 or 20 minutes from a defensive standpoint and they they brought the game to us I think they were excited the crowd was into it and we we kind of didn't step up enough to to make it difficult on them at the very least. Crowd was definitely into it. Great atmosphere. Tip your cap to Philly on the, all the 3252 members that were out there making it loud as well, too. I, I feel like it's almost like game respects game. It's like a point-counterpoint. Like yeah. everybody knows the 3252 is coming, so they'd better show up. 
I love that we have that reputation now that we're causing that kind of fervor amongst opposing yeah. fan bases where, you know, they don't want to have happen to them what we did to, you know, teams like San Jose and the like right. throughout the course of this season. So that was great to see. A lively atmosphere is better for everyone. You know, Casper, the friendly striker, I mean, that's a heck of a header. You know, you got to say he did a good job yeah. of putting it in, in a difficult position there. Throughout the rest of the game, he kind of hit at that point. I, I didn't see too much of him throughout the rest of the game, though. I think we what we what you're noticing is that they weren't playing their regular style of possession football. Uh, I think they altered their their game plan a little bit. They still tried it and they were successful a little bit in the beginning of the game, but I I think that once they recuperated the ball, they were also trying to play a long ball to Casper. So he was either heading it back or trying to bring it down and holding it up. So he didn't look as involved, but I think after the 20 minute mark LAFC grew into the game we kept more of the possession I think the midfield battle was won by us and I think if we were just a little more lethal in the final third we would have gotten a win because I think we had more opportunities we created more chances we dominated the possession from then on and I think we're fortunate enough to get that goal right before half because I think a tie was warranted at that point in the game and I think we dominated the first like half hour of the second half so was it a penalty on Dio? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we were talking before the before the podcast. I think there was a, a couple penalties that could have been called. One was actually on extra time from MLS, and they said they would have called it. There was definite contact in the box as Dio was about to receive the ball in an offensive position, just outside, the, I guess, the six-yard box. It wasn't called. The referee, I think, left a lot to be desired, but he was equally bad on both sides of the ball. I just think then it's more apparent when it's inside the box and those calls should be reviewed. I know we have VAR and VAR didn't, for whatever reason, think it was an an obvious error. I've said it before. I'll say it again. VAR is not a functional tool. It's just not working the way it's intended to work right now. And I don't really understand why. I agree with you in this instance. I mean, I'd say I'd give it a 60 to 70 percent agreement on my behalf. Like that's my opinion. But it should be much higher, especially if you have video review. It should be closer to like the 90s at the very minimum. But there was another call that I thought was ridiculous. First, that it wasn't called. And then second, that it wasn't reviewed because the the referee was maybe five yards away. And Atuesta got stomped on right outside the box. And credit to the ref, he wasn't looking, but his job is to be looking. So why wasn't he looking? He was looking at a different part of the field. That's on you. And the Twista stayed down, so they got a little bit of a counter. It could have been dangerous on our behalf, and it should have been a free kick outside the box. So a few instances in where the referee wasn't good. I think there was a few instances where the referee was good in not calling penalty kicks in terms of handballs in the box. You know, we talk about the silhouette or a natural defending position, and if the ball is struck and it's really close to you and... It hits your hand. It shouldn't be a penalty. And I do think he did a good job in those instances. So a mixed bag. No one can be perfect. But I think when things are reviewable, we should do a better job from the league's perspective. Yeah, I I would have to say I completely agree with that. And, you know, the refereeing was poor, but it was kind of poor across the board. So hard to really point a finger directly at the ref. And ultimately, you cannot put the game in the ref's hands. Carlos Beck had a great goal. Didn't get a chance to play the full 90. I think that's probably the best thing at this point in the season. 
So at that point, Rayito comes in for him. We still haven't seen the two of them on the pitch together yet, right. which I know is something we're all looking for, that dynamic front three. And right now we're kind of rotating through. So, you know, I mean, it would be nice to see what service they could provide for each other. And I wonder if Bob's kind of holding off on playing the two of them together just to kind of keep that tease in the bag a little bit. And I wonder if perhaps this weekend we might see some people like maybe Chiki P comes in, maybe Rayito starting, maybe, you know, um, I think Harvey and Beta probably need a bit of a rest. Harvey definitely looked like he was getting a little winded. His minutes are starting to add up and we're going to need his yeah. leadership come playoffs. So, I mean, if he definitely takes a backseat for some of these next couple games, I would understand that. I think El Munir needs to to get his leg out a little bit anyway. And right. I think we'd all like to see Palacios come in. So I'm curious to see what the lineup's going to look like versus the return of Simon in Toronto this upcoming game on the weekend. And that's that's a good thing you point out. Like, I mean, the goal came through Harvey's side. Um, they overloaded that side on a second ball. Um, and I think in those first kind of 15 minutes they were attacking that side because I think they kind of smelled a weakness an exhaustion I think he grew into the game and I think the midfield started helping out a little bit more so they they took away that option but I do agree with you that he's not young anymore and I think he needs a rest and I think we need to give opportunities to some of the others to see what we have going into the playoffs to see if we can count on them and it also on the other side will give uh, Harvey a rest just just like you said so We'll see what happens. El Munir, I like how he plays. He's had some good games, but you know the, the prospect of Chiqui Palacios, he, you know he's already in 19, breaking into the first team at Ecuador. Uh, that speaks volumes. We took him out of Barcelona's grasp. There's something there. I understand that Bradley wants to grow him into the system. Hasn't necessarily practiced that much because of uh, the paperwork still kind of um, in limbo. Well, and he had an international call-up as well, right. too. So he's here for like a week. Right. And then he's gone for two weeks. Right. And then he's only been back for a week. So I mean, only two weeks in training. So I could understand the reservation. I, I certainly don't think he's going to start this weekend. Right. But I think it might be cool to see him in the lineup and potentially, depending on how the game plays out, get subbed in at some point in time, potentially. Yeah. To me, best case scenario is we put the game away early. I know it's not going to be easy, especially with Toronto pushing to get as high a seed as possible in the East. And they're also a good team. But if we can do that and get a decent enough cushion and get him, you know, a good 20 minutes, that'd be ideal. That's the way I see it. But I'm proud of LAFC's taking the game to them and successfully implementing it after a shaky start. Kept possession, kept attacking. I think our touches from our front three weren't necessarily the best. There was instances in where they created a half chance. Even Carlos Vela's goal was almost like an intentional across the face that went off the crossbar and then it was a rebound off someone off of his shot with his right foot of all things. So funky game. We weren't the sharpest. Wasn't it Kay that hit the crossbar and then and then, Kay, and then Carlos cleaned it up? Yep. And I think Kay's like run into the corner like he'd put one in and then was like, oh. <laughs> well, he almost inadvertently put it in, right? Yeah. Because he was trying to cross that for, for sure. sure. For sure. But kind of reminiscent of that failhopper goal a couple weeks ago. Did you see this yes, play where yes. he ends up putting it in the top corner there and is like, whoops, yeah. <laughs> sorry. The funniest thing to me of that play, you know, comical, like failed cross that became off the crossbar and Vela shooting. Somehow deals like on the floor hurt in that play. It was so odd. I'm like, what happened? Yeah, I, I mean, again, you know, watching it at the fields uh, there with, uh, you know, and 
let's be honest, Gringo was a few beers deep at this point. We uh, took the Metro down to the stadium so we could have a proper good time for the concert. And so, uh, you know, I was certainly animated as I was watching the game, but I might not have had the best uh, tactical analysis sure. of the moment, noticing what was going on off the ball for sure. You got a brick in the atmosphere, though, so that's what you're doing. Amen. Amen. We had a great time. Shout out to all the fans that we saw at the stadium. Uh, ran into the boys from Defenders as well, too. They were just down from us. And uh, a big thanks to Rich Orozco, who helped. Uh, I know, I know, we have to mention him on every show. It's in our contract. Um, but big shout out to Rich for helping D9 get set up with a suite for the concert. And we had an absolutely amazing time. I'm a huge Maiden fan, and I have to admit, perhaps the game that took place in MLS, I'm almost more jealous of the game that you got to participate in the next day, where Christian, my boy here, was on the pitch with Steve Harris, bassist of Iron Maiden, and you got to play against the Iron Maiden team in the friendly of LAFC staff versus Maiden. Tell me all about it. Fuel my jealousy. That was an incredible opportunity. I I saw that Max put something out on Instagram that the LAFC staff was going to go out there and play. So then I, I reached out. I was like, hey, you know, it'd be great if I can just see if – I can go watch you guys and, you know, in the back of my head, maybe I could play, but obviously it was a staff's game. So he was like, you know what? You could come support. You can come watch. And this was two hours before. Like he had been kind of tempering me, like almost saying, letting me down easy. Like, no, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to come and let alone play. So then two hours before on Sunday after like, like around noon, he's like, Hey, the game's here at this time. If you can make it, I don't even know exactly the specifics of where we're going to play. And I was like, I'll be there. I'll drive around until I find you guys, <laughs> basically. And I, I showed up and, you know, fortunate for me, a few of the, the staff people were running a little late. So I brought my stuff as a worst case scenario. I play or best case scenario, I guess. Worst case scenario, I just watch. Um, and I was interested to see what the LAFC staff, you know, had had to offer. And then yeah, I want your scouting report on Max and Vince for sure. Vince was playing well. Um, he did get injured in one of the plays. I will say this. Iron Maiden are true English players. They don't hold back. Very continental, direct style at times. But incredible chemistry. Obviously, they play with each other all the time. They have this good chemistry. And Sick kits as well, too. Yeah, God, their kits, kits awesome. were spot on. Obviously, everything about the band and the roadies was exuded by the shield, the font, the numbers, like it, it, the, the colors. It, it was something I can, I can you know, uh, hold and cherish in terms of memories. And, you know, there's a picture. I was so like kind of starstruck and in disbelief at the end, once we finished that I didn't even think of what taking my phone out. And like, I was just like kind of taking it in and it should be duly noted he did not get me Steve Harris's autograph either, which I will hold against him till the day he dies. But nonetheless, I'm so, so eternally jealous you got to play. I would have not been able to handle myself at all. I'd have been fumbling over myself like yeah. a complete fanboy if I was there. Huge Maiden fan. I used to play in a metal band back in the day, and we would jam out to Maiden songs all the time. Yeah. They are one of the biggest bands in the world, not even just you know, in the metal scene and, and how they've gone about their business, everything they do. Yeah. You know, the lead singer of the band, Bruce Dickinson, actually flies the plane that the band takes around the world. He has his pilot's license, and he flies the full-on jumbo jets that they take around the world so that they can go and play concerts in places where normal bands don't go. 
And so they'll go to, you know, places in South America throughout the rest of the world where fans are, are dying for this music, but your normal tour doesn't go. And, you know, even the fact yeah. that they put on as elaborate and intense a show as they do this late in their career just speaks to how much they love their fans. And, uh, oh, man, so how did the game play out? How'd it go? It was quite the experience. The LAFC staff has some good players, and, and our team hit the crossbar three times, which was unfortunate. We had some good plays. I think we never played with each other, so we didn't understand each other's positional like aptitude. At least for me, I, at one point I was playing center back. We were playing like offside trap. Totally got beat. Like one of the goals was because we we weren't organized for the most part, and they they took advantage of that. And a couple of the goals at half it was three two, and at that point we hit the crossbar twice. So we thought you know we were in the game. By the time there was like twenty minutes left in the game. Everyone was done. They weren't, and they scored like three more on similar breakaways. So not intelligently, we're playing a high line, just I think because we were lazy. <laughs> and we had some decent midfield play, but I think once the ball was turned over, there was no fitness basically to recover it. So how did Steve Harris play? Steve Harris, was, they were good, man. They played good. Their, their two center backs were classic 1980s Englishmen, just if you're getting close to their goal, doesn't matter that this is a friendly or a roadies team. They were taking you out. And Vince knows that. He got stepped on hard in the box uh, on a on a cross on the floor. And, and speaking then, to a few people, they were fouling hard from what I heard. And we we had a, a breakaway, a through ball on this young lady on the, the LAFC team. And dude, she got hacked from behind going like she the guy was the last man. And this was easily a, a red card offense. But the referee was paid by Iron Maiden. <laughs> so I, he he only got a yellow, which, you know, everyone was obviously not in a good mood at that point from the LAFC team perspective. But in the end, you know, everyone was friendly. Um, once once the game was going on, though, like there there was some competitiveness for sure on both sides. Oh, I can imagine. Which was which was really cool to experience and, you know, very lucky for me to be a part of. I was able to play in the midfield in the second half, and I enjoyed that. And... I didn't get a chance to play alongside Vince, which is one of the things I wanted to do, but it's because he got injured. And because he got injured, I got a few more minutes. So sorry, Vince, but I hope you're recovering. I, I did see your nail. and It was bleeding. So uh, it's going to be a tough one. Well, uh, shout out to all the people who went out there and represented yeah. us. Uh, you know, we, Max and Vince, were out there playing. Yeah. Uh, we know Julio was out there playing. Yeah. Uh, Sal from Sal. Lucky's. Uh, Brian from Lucky's was there, too. Yeah, Brian from Lucky's as well, too. So I think it's really cool that supporters got to be involved. The pod fam got to be yeah. involved. So big, big thanks to to Max and Vince for helping, you know, uh, embrace you and the pod fam and letting us join in on that. For and, sure. Counting my blessings, I, I, you know, it was an out-of-body experience for sure. Yeah, I uh, I can only imagine. Uh, <laughs> no, that is that is awesome. Uh, obviously, I mean, I couldn't play a lick, but I would have happily cheered you on in the sidelines if I'd have gotten the invite. I'm still tired from that game. Like, uh, this is Tuesday. This oh, man, I was exhausted Sunday. from that concert. My goodness, we had, you know, Iron Maiden makes their own beer, the Robinson's Trooper, and so we brought a healthy amount of that with us and, and perhaps maybe – maybe too healthy an amount of it with us. And it was it was so stinking hot prior to the concert. Um, so, oh man, all those people that were down there in the pit, I could only imagine. We were up in our cozy suite, and it was still getting to me the heat. So, uh, yeah. But uh, a really, really cool show. We got to see the Ravens' age, uh, which is actually Steve Harris, who you played against. His son's band was the opening act for them. So it was cool to see them. I'd never seen them live before. And then Chris Jericho from the WWE. Yeah, his I love band, Chris Jericho. Fozzie. Hell yeah. 
yeah, you know, perhaps he's a better wrestler than he is a musical talent. But I agree with that. Yeah. They did a really cool cover of ACDC, so uh, they did Dirty Deeds, and that was uh, that was not bad as well, too. But everyone who was there had an amazing time, and Maiden put on just an iconoclastic show. Yeah. And uh, even if you're not a metal fan, their shows are, are really, really something to behold. Every single song has different stage props, and there's yeah. airplanes flying around, and, you know, giant inflatable Eddie, their logo, who's the mummy, and all this stuff, and... Uh, you know, I think, you know, it's one of the funny things. There's always that adage like, oh, you don't wear the shirt of the band you're going to see. Iron Maiden fans are the complete opposite of that because I think 90% of the people there were wearing a Maiden shirt from one of their shows because they always do these limited edition shirts and they become collectible items. They're very smart about sure. their branding. But I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see it on Twitter, but the shirt that they put out for this show actually has Steve Harris scoring a goal against LAFC with Eddie in goal wearing an LAFC kit that word on the street is Iron Maiden may have gotten a little bit of trouble with the MLS for doing something that looked a little too much like yeah. an MLS logo. But Hopefully they let it slide. For those people that were able to land one of those shirts and wait in the hour-long merch line in order to score one, I got one myself, and it is a prized possession crossover yeah. Maiden LAFC shirt, which was really cool. So... For those of you with a gazillion dollars that want to go on eBay and find one of those that's up for sale, by all means, do it. Shout out to Francisco and Eric from LAO. They were in the pit, and I know that you said it was wild down there. Dude, it was going off. We saw multiple pits break out even in the back of the concert because uh, where, where we were at from our suite, we can kind of see all the people out on the floor pretty well. So obviously up front, the maniacs, they're going crazy up there. There was guys, you know, dressed like William Wallace head to toe, people in mummy outfits and stuff. I mean, there was there was a lot of people who went who went to town. You know, shout out to the guy who does the custom Guy Fox masks for me. I had a custom Guy Fox Eddie mask that oh, I really? busted out for this game. Oh, sweet. That uh, gentleman by the name of Pit Dog Hydro who does this Hydro style of painting that does some of the fancier Guy Fox masks that I have did an Eddie one for me that I wore to the concert, which was pretty cool. But we were seeing pits up front, pits in the back. I mean, it was. I mean, our first glimpse at what it's like perhaps to have 20,000 people singing in the bank because there's a lot of times in which the audience sings along. That is the largest crowd the bank has ever held. So it was a record sellout for them, more than Mumford had, more than Misfits had, and any of the shows that have been there previously. And when they were all singing along to songs, I couldn't stop but think about, gosh, man, maybe this would be like if 20,000 people sang Somos the Barrio Angelino. So that was just a great experience. You know, again, we mentioned it last week. We know this is four games in a row in which LAFC hasn't gotten a W, but points on the road, points against a great team. You know, I, I think we need to to be positive. We had a lot of players coming back from injury, guys coming back from international duty. We still weren't playing a full squad, full minutes. And we went in on an away to one of the best teams in the East and were able to take a point, same as we did to NYCFC. The fact that we can do that on the road should give us a lot of confidence into what inevitably looks like nothing but home games throughout the playoffs for us. So nothing but positives for me. I mean, I know a lot of people are bummed out about a few performances, but you know, to me, ultimately, the takeaway, I'm happy with a point in Philly. Yeah, the funny thing is that this is what most teams intend to do is to get a draw and for us, we feel disappointed. And in all the instances and in we've gotten a draw away from home, or even at home, is we've been playing the way we want to play. So it's entertaining. It gives us the result that we want the majority of the time. So I, I don't have a complaint. And seeing Carlos Vela, glimpses of what his form was, part of the injury, some of the moves didn't come off the way he would usually when he's in form. 
But the fact that he's trying them, it means to me that he's feeling more and more confident about his injury. Uh, and in due time, with four games left, I think he'll ramp up and be ready for the playoffs. Amen. Before we wrap up today, I wanted to do a quick shout out to our friend LAFC Juan. Looks like he went through a successful surgery in the past day here um, at UCLA Medical Center. So certainly our thoughts are with his family. It's great to see that all of that surgery went well. We know that there are some options out there to help him out if you have a chance. You can find him, LAFC Juan, on all the social media platforms. So glad to hear you're doing well, buddy, and you know that our Halconito is going to be back with us at the bank here pretty soon. So that's great to see. But I got nothing else. Christian, you got anything else you want to touch on before we close this up? No, just no. Looking forward to the Toronto match coming up this weekend. Pozuelo, Altidore, and Bradley, father son matchup again. So I know that they're hungry to get as high as they can in the East with NYCFC and Philly kind of at the top there. So they're trying to get as far up to get as many home games as possible. So we'll see. I think, you know, with Vela back, with uh, Rayito. Uh, also starting to get more and more minutes and more uncomfortable in the system. I think that we we have a good chance of getting a good result. Do you think we're going to see Raito and Vela play together? I don't know. I really don't because I think if they're saving only, that. Yeah, no, I don't think they're saving. It. I think it's a fitness thing. I think I don't think Vela is a full ninety yet, and if he's not a full ninety, that means that he has to come off, and Raito is going to come in for him. I think we might be one more game away from that, and when that happens, I think it's going to be. Deal for 60, and I think I prefer deal for 60 or deal for 30 and have Rayito be the complement to that until he gets his 90-minute uh, situation sorted out. So what do you think about Simon coming back real quick? Uh, what are your thoughts on Simon, his departure, his return? Uh, are you someone who, you know, is going to cheer him? You're going to boom? You you uh, indifferent? I'm not indifferent. I, I respect what he did for us first season, his leadership. Uh, I think... It was probably, in my opinion, his last good year to give. I didn't particularly like when he was, this is strictly as a player, So he was risky at times, but he was also one of the better passers from a center back position in terms of long balls. But um, I don't I don't always think that Bob likes that from a center back, not doing the system type passing and playing and the riskiness that he brought. But who knows? I don't, I'm, this is me assuming I know what Bob is even thinking. But respectful, I'll probably cheer him at the beginning and then hope that he does badly and has one of those bad games against us. Yeah, I don't um, think he's going to start. I mean, he might just because of, you know, his familiarity with the yeah. pitch in the stadium. But I, I doubt it. I don't think – I think he's probably more likely to play in one of their Canadian championship games right. um, prior games. to that. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, I still have my gold leaf that I, you know, from, from, from game one at the yeah. bank, right? You know, I mean, that game was – so special in so many ways. That was the first time I got to see LAFC play live in a, in a real match, not a friendly like we'd had beforehand. That was our first game at the bank. Right. That moment when he scored, I mean, I don't care what you think about him as a person. Sure. That moment is still... Oh, it's unforgettable. Oh, it's unforgettable. <laughs> you know, and, and obviously the struggles his family's been through, you know, sort of mirror some of the things I've experienced in my life. So right. I have to... I have to respect the decision if it was a family decision. Agreed. Um, I agree with that. You know, maybe in, in the long run, it's, you know, I mean, there's some questions about that, but I, I don't think you can, you know, question what he gave us when he was with us. And, and you know, I think we have a better team now than we had with him on it. I and if he was that. on this team right now, I would still want Segura and Zimmerman to start over him. So I, I wish him all the best. You know, I might not cheer my lungs out for him, but, I, you know, a polite clap and I still have some respect for what he accomplished for us. Totally. No, um, I agree with you. I think... 
the healthcare was the reason, always family first. So, and he's still LAFC family. It's just he's wearing a different uniform. So, after the game, for sure. Yeah, and I think some people, you know, if we could get tangential for a moment, I don't think you know some people realize with autism, you know, how much routine is important to people uh, who live with that, and and when you have to do things like change a language. That might be something that a normal person can adapt to, but for a person who has autism, it's probably incredibly difficult to go through even minute changes sometimes, and a huge change like language and culture and all that um, you know, could be extremely detrimental to their development. And so I'm not speaking on behalf of the Simon family, but you know, speaking on in my experiences with my family, what I've seen with that, I, I completely understand if a change of scenery to where things like the language you're speaking and reading are, are, are back to what you are comfortable with and, and are aware of, I could see how that could go a long way. And I, I just think that's a perspective that we don't hear from a lot of people. And so, I mean, I just wish people who are frustrated with the manner in which he left would, would at least consider that as a reason why. We're not here to tell the fans how to feel about it. That's yeah. not our job. Um, we're only here to speak to our experiences and give our opinions. And, you know, thank you for listening to it. And hopefully, you know, you can take that with whatever grain of salt you have. But I'd like to see the bank behave on the weekend. You know, I'd, I'd like to see people, you know, at least will. turn the other cheek if, if they're not too happy. I think I think I want to say 80 to 90 percent will clap for him. Yeah, I think there will be some vocal boos in the crowd as well, too. And, I, you know, those people certainly have the right to feel that way. Just some perspective, right? Yeah. Some perspective. So with that, that about wraps it up for us. Thank you guys for listening to our second edition of Quick on the Counter. We will be back next week with a guest again. Hopefully, Chris will be back with us as well, too. Shout out to our amigo Chris. Sorry you couldn't be here today. Same goes for sound engineer Wilton. All the best to you, too. And hopefully we'll be back with a regular show for you guys next week. And with that... Take us home, Sticks.